0: Welcome to Sisterly Insights, an opportunity to explore ideas and philosophies that can help you live a fuller, empowered life through meditation and so much more. I'm your host, Debbie Mueller. As the founder of Patterns for Living, I'm dedicated to guiding people in how to make healthy choices to bring their lives into balance. The conversations shared here are offered to give you an opportunity to look more deeply into your personal experience and delve into concepts that can help you find ways to make life more enjoyable and joyful. If you want to participate in a meditation experience, join me at Sisterly Insights The practice when you are in a quiet place and time. The guided meditations will help you assimilate the information presented in our conversations. I'm joined today by the Olm Sisters, Amelia, Jeannie, Shirley, and Paulette we we'll welcome you to this episode's conversation.
1: Hi. Say hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hello.
0: In our last conversation, we talked about the process of organic disintegration and what begins to happen as you set and move toward your vision. While this process is challenging, it is necessary to clear space for you to grow. Today, we're going to talk about fear. Fear gets in our path in the most uncomfortable ways. Is it really necessary? How does it serve us? How do we overcome fears that are keeping us from getting what we want? This challenging topic is one that we hope will open up some new insights and understanding for us as we discuss it, and will offer our listeners support as you face your own fears. So Jeannie, what do you think fear is all about? Why do we experience fear? i I, I see fear as the, you
2: know, in the defined version, as being the physical and emotional uh, response to a danger or something that we need to feel like we need to protect ourselves. Um, the The role it plays is it alerts me and can direct my choices because mm-hmm. as I'm fearful about something, then it makes me... Just highly aware of what am I going to do? What mm-hmm. am I? Which way am I going to go with it? Mm-hmm. Um, or, in another way, it can completely defeat me because mm-hmm. I become so consumed with fear that instead of being alerted and motivated to make a, a choice in a positive way, potentially, mm-hmm. I can direct myself into a defeated mode because I'm so afraid that I just sit in fear and become completely immobilized.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So it just can com- completely stop you. Yep. So it can either motivate me or it can stop me.
0: Okay. So, Shirley, why would any of us fear getting what we want? Why does change bring up so much fear?
3: I think um, it, when you get to a certain point and, and you actually accept or you receive something you've been wanting for a very long time, there's always a fear that once you get to that point and you've worked really hard for it, that maybe it really isn't what you want. Mm-hmm. And along that path, maybe you've hurt a lot of people to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've um, hurt yourself a lot to get to that point, And you're there, and boom, it's really not what you want. Maybe mm-hmm. you've made a mistake. Maybe you fooled yourself a little bit. Um, I think there's that fear always mm-hmm along the way there's always the fear of change change is very very frightening um your people become and myself included become very comfortable with what you have yeah whether it's mm. good for you or not status quo the same <laughs> is yeah the same is always very comfortable you become to love the same thing all the time and a change even though it may seem exciting
2: you're not safe no mm. you're not
0: Yeah, there is that element of not feeling safe with it. And, And even though you are comfortable with the status quo, the way things are, it's not always the best thing for you.
3: Absolutely not.
0: And that's why you're making these vision statements that you want to be somewhere else. So fear can keep us locked
3: for me, fear can be very paralyzing. Okay. Thank you for pulling me through there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> did you have a fear there for a moment? I guess I did. It <laughs>
0: wow, was very difficult.
3: <laughs> so,
0: Paulette, is there a good reason for fear? And if so, how does it serve us? You
1: know, when I, when I first thought about this, because I said fear could be very uh, debilitating or it could be very motivating. And so I'm thinking about it as... The good reason for fear is maybe being motivating. For, um, so you say, what's the positive side of fear? You have to change your thoughts. Yeah, Thoughts are creative. Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, I don't want to be paralyzed by this fear. I have to do something about it. I'm going to change the way I'm thinking about this situation and hopefully put you on a path to um, another choice. Mm -hmm, am I mm -hmm. saying this? um, So
0: so, sometimes you have to face the fear in order to be able to think differently about it. Right. Sometimes that fear is just that gnawing, kind of gut-wrenching feeling that you don't really know where it's coming from or what it is or why it's there.
1: And I think that's where fear can be debilitating because mm-hmm. it, it paralyzes you. Mm-hmm. So then if you face the fear and then and then try and then make choices mm-hmm. of that fear to move you forward, that's where it then can be motivating mm-hmm. to put you on the right path.
0: And also there are times when you're in periods of peril. Oh yeah. When you're in a situation where there is danger without fear You'd walk right into that,
1: right? Yeah, true. I, I, I for some reason, my mind doesn't go there through mm-hmm. that. Which that is type good. Of fear, mm-hmm. but I, I, know, but I think as we grow up, and and it's maybe if you grew up in a religious household or whatever, you're taught fear. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. You're you're taught to live in. If you don't do this, you will be punished. If you don't, so a lot of us are taught fear. Absolutely. so that's something, that's a whole other thing that we have to deal with, too.
0: Well, and that kind of teaching, it goes so deep. Because usually we're taught when we're young. Right. And so it's so deep that we might, as adults, not even recognize recognize it anymore. So when we start feeling that horrible sensation, that fight or flight, and, wow, how do I get through this kind of feeling we may not even really be able to tie it back,
1: back to where that
0: came to from. where it came from yeah
1: does that coincide with guilt too
0: oh i would imagine i, would think. I think so yeah. i think that because you that know that could
1: be that part of it i'm facing this fear but this fear is really guilt ooh
0: good point yeah. i mean so I'm being hard. able to tell the difference between fear and guilt yeah. because is it the guilt that i don't Deserve this? I mean, as if it, that ties right into fear, yeah. guilt, and fear that this I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But yet, the the real depth is something is going to something is going to die within me. And this is where he talked about the ego, where the ego really wants to live, wants to survive, wants to continue on as it's always been,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and when we start to change the ego starts to feel threatened whether we want to acknowledge that or not that part of us that has always felt comfortable really suddenly feels like it's not going to continue to exist so there is a feeling of actually feeling like like there's a death that's involved so there's there's fear, there's guilt, there's grief. All of these things get wrapped up together. And a lot of it does come from what we were taught as children.
2: Yeah, I can see that. You know, you think about and then being able to discern at this point what's what you're perceiving as a fear from Way back when versus Mm a I need to be alert to something that's, you know, dangerous to um, is this a good fear to push me out of my comfort zone? Right.
0: right. move me into a better place? Well, it's that common sense fear that anybody would be afraid in this situation kind of thing versus why am I stuck and can't quite move forward? Right. And, and so those are, I think those all are things that kind of play together in that sandbox of growing up.
1: That That's a big thing, of a light bulb just went off, because I never thought of that, is why am I paralyzed here? Mm-hmm. I never thought of, I think of it as worry and anxiety, but really it's fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: When it gets that... When it gets that deb- bad. Yeah, debilitating. Yeah. Wow. Uh, truly. Yeah, paralyzing. Yeah, I'm going probably jumping a little bit ahead here, but right now the big one of the biggest fears I'm facing it is extremely paralyzing for me. And I'm really trying to work through it by facing it and working through certain steps in my head, working around it, trying to find a way to get past it and to get over it just by sitting down. Thinking about what the fear is, writing out exactly what steps I think I can make, you know, Mm -hmm. to get past Mm -hmm. it. Otherwise, I'll be sitting here in the same place next year and the year after probably, Mm -hmm. you know, going, okay, yeah, I'm afraid. I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to handle it. Um, You know, that's the only way I know how to get past it.
0: If we really do want to create
3: something better in our life. Right. Is to to sit down and break it down into little tiny pieces for myself. Right. Right.
0: So, Amelia, can you share a time when you faced a fear
4: and how doing so impacted your life? Uh, In, well, speaking about childhood, Mm -hmm. I had a fear of water when I was a kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know it. And in some ways my mom was protective of me. She was a warrior, But I can't really attribute it to her even. I mm-hmm. I think it was just the way I came out of the womb. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't like showers. I mm-hmm. And I couldn't see well. I was mm-hmm. legally blind. Mm-hmm. So think about it. You go swimming, you take off your glasses. Right. And so everything became scary because I couldn't see in front of me very well. Mm-hmm. So I know that that was a factor for sure. But... I mean, I remember my big sister Jane had to bribe me to go into the sprinkler. You go into the sprinkler, I'll give you a popsicle. Wow. I mean, that's how much I did not like water as a kid. And so my mother would take me to have swim lessons, and I would be hypothermic, and the lifeguards were like my sibling's age, and they'd let me get out early. So I never really got to the point where I could swim a length of the pool.
0: hmm
4: mm-hmm. You know, I was out playing tennis. That's what I liked to do. I did not like the water. So fast forward, I think I was forty, forty six, forty eight, mm-hmm. something like that. I my sister must have been yeah around there. My sister had just done a marathon and she was so amped up and happy, and I knew it was because she did something big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need that. I need to do something big. But I already done a couple. I was like, what would be big for me?
3: Mm -hmm.
4: and I always thought it would be cool to do a triathlon, but I couldn't figure out the swim part, (laughs) right? And I thought, I know I want to do this, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. So the way I started thinking about it was actually listening to a couple podcasts Mm -hmm. on triathlon. So I guess that was my visioning stage. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get in the pool and actually do this, but I'm going to learn about it until I'm ready. And then I went to the pool with my niece and nephew and they were very encouraging and they were very little and it was very sweet but i they saw auntie quinn swim a lap you know and we went every week and they'd be very encouraging but you know then we'd end up playing marco polo or something like that it was me avoiding swimming some more and uh i still it was just like the mystery of the universe how people can do swim lap after lap after lap so easy breezy and somebody recommended master swimming. And I thought, don't you have to master swimming before you can do master swimming? And I said, no, they'll coach you. And so that's what I did. And and then I met new friends. And what I realized is, you know, it probably takes a village to learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot like golf or some other things. There's so much finesse involved that there's always something to learn. But before I even got up the nerve, I was like... I was nervous just going to the gym at 24 hour fitness and I gotta see a DVD, it was like happy bubbles or something, just <laughs> to like refresh my memory of how to breathe in the water before I start swimming. I was like I just treated it like a beginner mm-hmm. and I just became very curious and the more I learned the more there was to be curious about and to refine and every year there was something to work on and um even now, like there was something I was working on two years ago, and then I traveled a lot, and I got out of you know trying to swim flip turns, and I thought I had it, but I never got comfortable doing it in the during laps, mm-hmm. do it in the shallow end of the pool, deep end of the pool, but not actually within the workout very well. And now I need to go back and take some lessons. I could tell it's like um it's like a, a lawnmower, you know, trying to get us started again. I'll get there. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm not there yet. But now I enjoy the learning. Now I can say, okay, cut yourself some slack. Look how far mm-hmm. you've come. Mm-hmm. Look at all the other things you've mastered, mm-hmm. and look at all the other distances you've done. Yeah. I mean, I've I've done half Ironmans when I couldn't even swim 25 la- yards. Yeah. And uh, last year I I. Swam the Kona course for the Ironman right. World Championships without a wetsuit, without water wings, without any, just by myself. And it wasn't fast, but I did it. So now I cut myself some slack. But it's you like, just said something there.
0: really interesting. It takes a village. It we does. don't have to face our fears alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so often it becomes so fearful and we're so almost ashamed of our fear. Whether because we feel guilty or because we feel like it's something that silly and we shouldn't feel that way
4: I mean it's it's definitely like especially in the beginning it was embarrassing mm-hmm. it was embarrassing it was like well you can't scoot it under the rug when you give it to the village
2: you? Right. When you give it to your support yeah. group you but can't you can't keep no.
0: it anymore no. but the thing
4: is they weren't even my support group yet they were strangers Right. So you're making all kinds of new connections, and you're starting out with sharing your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Wow. So th- think about it from that standpoint. But here's what else is interesting about that: is that, you know, I, m- maybe it's harder to do in the business world, but in maybe. but in but I think in some ways it's still there. But mm-hmm. but I think people still want to help. You know, good yeah. people still want to help. Good people may not quite understand what you're going through. But the nice thing about triathlon is that the swimmers usually aren't very good runners. Yeah. And the runners aren't very good swimmers, so it's okay to lean on each other for advice. Very mm-hmm. rare that everybody's good at all three legs mm-hmm. of the sport. Mm-hmm. And even those people are really kind, mm-hmm. you know, and inspiring. And so that, that was uh, really... Uh, I don't know. Maybe in some ways it restored some faith in mm-hmm. people. So kind people,
0: kind people, nice people, good people attract other kind, nice, good people. Right. And that that allows you to open up in a community, even when they're strangers.
4: And I think we can get back to you know later in, in the podcast, but I I do think that my experience with this is analogous to other areas of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um. Now, when I start to find myself feeling fearful or apprehensive, I have this to look back on.
0: One experience can actually inform another
4: mm-hmm.
0: and really remember, I got through it. I didn't die from it. Mm-hmm. My my ego's still intact. I'm still safe. I learned a
4: lot. I, there I you go. I met new people. Yeah,
0: and yeah. you've taught us. See, that's
2: yeah. part of the village yes. effect: is right. that not only do do your people around you support you, mm-hmm. but you also give the gift of of us. Let's say in this situation, to be able to look and say, "Wow, look what you faced! Look what you conquered! You did it!" And if you can do it, maybe I can do it. Mm-hmm. So, facing that fear just took a little, gave me one more tool in my tool belt. To mm-hmm. help me mm-hmm. make that step.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, only, I'm yeah. afraid of water, and I'm not going to get in the water ever.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'll, I'll use this to do something else. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to change tack just a little bit here, and it, because I wanted to kind of refocus us uh, about what we're facing now that might be holding us back. And there's a great book by Garth Stein. It's titled The Art of Racing in the Rain. And in one passage he writes, Such a simple concept, yet so true. That which we manifest is before us. We are the creators of our own destiny. Be it through intention or ignorance, Our successes and our failures have been brought on by none other than ourselves. He goes on then to talk about a situation that is based in fear. And he says, I never had loved her. Fill in the blank. What is, I never had what I wanted. I never had what I did. So he says, I never had loved her because I was afraid. She was my reign. She was my unpredictable element. She was my fear. But a racer should not be afraid of rain. A racer should embrace the rain. I alone could manifest a change in that which was around me. And while I cannot say that I am a master of my own destiny, I can say that I have experienced a glimpse of mastery and I know what I have to work toward. This so went along with our process of creative patterning, of being the predominant creative force in our own life, of making the change, of visioning, and actually being able to manifest what, the life that we want, that I had to share that with you. Because this really is very helpful to think about. Who do I need to help me? Who is there to support me? What do I need to face? And so I'll ask each of you, what is your reign? What is the fear that is standing in your way of achieving your vision? What do you need to face your reign and move forward?
3: Shirley? When I first started thinking about this, um, I was thinking that my fear right now at this time in my life is um, is a fear of uh, loss of a family member Mm -hmm. that's holding me back from achieving what I need to achieve. Um, But, you know, if I think about the fear in my life, throughout my life, that would hold me back, it's the fear of acceptance from others.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: So I think those are the two things. But working on the fear, my immediate fear of loss, um... It's been holding me back. I can probably go through the same process as, as far as fear of acceptance from others and just try to start breaking that down, too. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the fear of loss um, or the fear of death of a family member, what I've been trying to do with that is I broke it down into three little categories for myself. And I... Um, just want you know what do i really need to do to get through this and to get over the fear is to is to try and take control of the situation as much as i possibly could mm-hmm. um because that loss of control is also another fear that you kind of go through mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so i just said to get through it i need to be strong physically spiritually and financially mm-hmm. um to feel much more comfortable through this whole process um And if I I can get a hold of those three categories, I thought, for myself, then I I would feel much better. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to do that. I'm trying to be a stronger person. I'm getting more exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to meditate more, Mm -hmm. you know, to to be stronger um, spiritually. Um, The financial side, I'm doing better with that. I'm not trying to deal with everything financially myself or putting Mm -hmm. that burden on my family only. I'm reaching out other family members to mm-hmm. try to get a hold of that um, and I think in doing those three things I'll be able to face my reign mm-hmm. in a little much better way as far as the fear of acceptance um, I'm going to have to work on that as far as I, to break that down because mm-hmm. that just popped in my head that that's, that's been a big problem my whole life Is just, uh, I think it's held me back a lot.
0: And it's good that you're able to see it and share it, because when we do that, it's that village again. It's that being able to put it out on the table, look at it honestly, and then say, okay, now what do I need to do, and how do I actually move through it?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, this whole class has really helped me to step outside of myself, and that's Mm -hmm. a big step, to just be able to step outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. look at what the problem is, and then move forward, or try to figure out some way to deal with the situation, Mm -hmm. rather than just paralyzing yourself, and that's what fear does to me, or it always has, Mm -hmm. Um, is just completely paralyze me, I just stop, Mm -hmm. and I just can't deal with the problem at all, so I ignore it, or I run from it completely. I don't deal with it in a healthy manner. I haven't in the past, Put but now beginning. I can. Yes, yes. that's great. Yeah. What a difference. Oh, it's huge. It's
0: huge. makes your life just so much more full, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's yeah. great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you.
4: Amelia, how about for you? Um, It's rebuilding my business. I mean, I'm also facing... And have faced loss in the past few years, and that's mm-hmm. made me feel like I had to focus on family so much that I'm a little. I think there is a little shame that I haven't I've cowered from my career, you know. Mm-hmm. And so now to reconnect with people I may have worked with in the past, it, it feels lame mm-hmm. at times. Like where you been?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Are you in it or are you not in it? And and. You know, where is everybody now? You know, I I work in advertising, so things are always moving around a lot, shifting a lot. Clients shift to different agencies. Agencies rename themselves. And then people are aging, so it's like they're going through some of the same stuff I am, but I just (laughs) imagine it's me alone dealing (laughs) with my stuff. And and I think I didn't put myself out there, partly because I was afraid I would be unreliable. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: And so now... I feel like I can be reliable again. I Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I may face loss again soon, but there's no way to predict, but I'm more prepared for it now. Mm -hmm. And so I need to put my best self out there. Mm -hmm. And that includes coming up with really creative promotional pieces, uh, the tedium of developing uh, really good, high-quality mailing lists. Mm -hmm. It's going through the the discipline of doing mm-hmm. things properly. And a, a lot of people don't necessarily go to that trouble, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and and they they talk themselves out of things. And I'm like, yeah. but if we're going to be the creative pronoun and creative force in our life, we have to make ourselves do the hard stuff, too.
0: Right. Exactly. Liz Gilbert mm-hmm. in, the, in Big Magic mm-hmm. talks about being
4: consistent. a creative half-ass. Yes, a creative uh, half-ass. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah,
0: you've got it's got to be consistent.
4: A, a disciplined half-ass. A disciplined half-ass. And my French, but <laughs> but I think about that every week when right. I'm blogging. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm doing Monday and Thursday. You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's not making a dent in the first ten weeks, but maybe ten months from now, people say, you know, that that girl's. Taking care of business every mm-hmm. every week, and maybe There's she'd something. be reliable to write for my clients. Mhm. Mhm. So, it's having it's having faith in the process, and fear even even interrupts your having faith in the process. Yes. That's what I've noticed. Yes. And it's like, uh, like somehow it is it naive to have faith in the process. Mm-hmm. Am I being a sucker right now to have faith in the process? And it's just like. These little conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. you're you're good and evil, and it's like just just do the work, you know. It's like this little battle. I don't want to. I'm like, just do the work. Come on, you know. And it's, you know, parts of it are not that thrilling. Yes, you know, parts of it are drudgery. Parts of it
0: you just have to do in order to get to the fun stuff.
4: And why am I doing it? So that I can get more rewarding clients. So that I can get more security and less roller coasters. So I Mm -hmm. can have the kinds of creative opportunities I'd like to have. Mm-hmm. Or just work with good people. It's like the swimmers. I yeah. met good swimmers along the way because I put myself out there. So maybe I'll meet some good art directors or designers to work with because I put myself out there. Or some really nice clients that will continue to work with me regularly. Yes. I mean, that's that's the bottom line of what I want, and that's the why I'm doing it. I'm not paralyzed by fear, but if it went with another dry spell for too long, then that would kick in. I know it would, but hopefully it won't get to that point.
0: Good. Thank you.
1: Paula, how about for you? Um, This may sound uh, strange, but I think my brain is being comfortable.
0: Ooh.
1: I've always welcomed change. I've been very good at that. And I remember... Uh, One president of a company that I worked for many years ago, this was probably in the 70s, and he said to me, what do you know what I love about you? You jump in 12 feet of water and then you look at me and say, by the way, I don't know how to swim. (laughs) And I've always been like that, but all of a sudden I've become very comfortable, which now is my reign because then... My vision is to have more adventures, to do mm-hmm. more things, but you can't do that if you're just comfortable.
0: <laughs> and if you do that, it's going to upset that comfort yeah, well, yes, and so... It'll be a little bit
1: of fear there,
3: but mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. have
1: to face that fear and mm-hmm. not have it paralyze me. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm move forward.
0: Because you can always come up with excuses.
1: Yeah, I do that. I'm going, I don't yes. have enough money. I don't, I don't have, have enough, enough
0: time. I don't have anybody to go with. Right. I don't have this. I don't have that. Right. But if you face the fear and say, it really is because I- I- I'm i going to have to disturb my comfort yes, level we'll here.
1: To, I'm going to have to maybe just do it alone because if somebody doesn't like to do what I want to do, then just do it alone, mm-hmm. which I used to do. Mm-hmm. And I had more adventures, and yeah. So you know what's
0: out there. You know what it feels like yes. to actually have it. Now you have to really choose it, mm-hmm. and that means facing the fear.
1: Facing the fears,
0: and you know, yeah. learning how to maneuver through the rain in mm-hmm. a safe way.
1: I use a lot of excuses. Maybe oh, I don't have the money. I'm too old. I just, you know, <laughs> I Oh, I have a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm.
0: So, getting past those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard, hard work.
1: I, is saw, I saw
4: a great quote. Can't remember who. Yeah. But it said, uh, Excuses are the rocks that crush dreams. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Guilty. Yep. Check. Talk about a ripple effect. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Jeannie, how about for you? I would say my reign is saying no to others so I can say yes to myself. Mm. So that is a difficult one because saying no means I have to step up for myself and it's fearful. I think a little bit of what Shirley's saying, the acceptance of whoever it is, whether Mm -hmm. it's family members, whatever the person or dynamics is that... You just need to learn how to say no so that you can give what you need to yourself to support yourself. So I'd say that's probably my biggest fear I need to conquer. And if I can work through that, then that opens a door for a lot of other things for myself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, I've just been trying to, of course, through our group, um, utilize that, the tools of the visioning and journaling and meditating i think visualizing has really been very helpful Mm -hmm. to see myself doing that Mm -hmm. has been a great tool um and make it up Mm -hmm. make it up yeah it's it is yours right to make up yep so taking all of that and just step by step facing it Mm -hmm. and using the The fear I have to push me out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. of just staying immobilized. You know, I can just keep whining. It's not going my way. Things keep happening. Well, as you often tell me, you know, sometimes you need to step back and realize some of this is just the new normal. So what do you need to change in order to have what you want? Mm -hmm. You know, because I can sit here and be my, you know, whine about it, but I see how the process works. Mm-hmm. I've seen if I trust the journey, you know, it the path, it can work out for you. Yeah. So,
0: you um, just have to allow it
2: and be a, par- a participant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, you've all expressed that, you know, fear does have a place. It gets to, makes us more aware. It can protect us. It can...
4: It can motivate us. It
0: can, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, it can... Keep us completely held back and without the uh, the willingness to look at it, to share it, to recognize that I'm not the only human being who's ever felt this way. Guess what? There's lots and lots of other people who have the same fear that I do or fears that I do and maybe if I'm open to it I can attract the kind of good people, the kind of kind people that are willing to be supportive, and that we can work through it together. That really can help us so much, and that's why we're here. That's what we're doing together, and that's what we're hoping to be able to pass on to our listeners. So, to take these ideas even further, please listen to Sisterly Insights, The Practice, to participate in a guided meditation. Thank you for joining us for our conversation and exploration of fear and how facing it can help you get to your vision. We hope you'll follow us for future conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a comment and tell us why, or send an email to Insights at patternsforliving.com.